Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best-dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At homethreads.com, Discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. did buy vanilla. I did use it up. But then I had also bought, when I bought the vanilla, I also bought a like brown sugar cinnamon one. And I did not use that one up. And I was like, this is so silly. I don't really need flavored syrups. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. And you guys, today we're going to pretend we're beauty influencers. It's my favorite alternate career. <laughs> we're going to talk through our empties, you know, like our pantry ingredients. So this was inspired by you, Megan. You've seen a lot of beauty influencers just kind of like take out their stuff and say like, these are the products I actually use this month or in these last few months. And I use them up and this is the stuff that I got. But like, mm, I didn't use it so much, right? Exactly. Okay. But before we get into that, do you want more of us each week? <laughs> Don't answer that. Of course that. you do. Don't answer that. <laughs> We're just going to tell you how you can get two bonus episodes from us every single month for just 10 bucks. Combined with our regular weekly episodes, our every other week, what we're cooking and eating now episodes, those bonus episodes means that you get us in your earbuds eight times a month. Bonus episode content isn't published anywhere else and includes everything from our from bonus questions with guests to listeners questions. We talk about body image, our favorite cookbooks and more personal stuff like how annoying our kids are. 
Uh, <laughs> visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community to sign up. And I'll just tease last week's listeners group episode is a little bit related to this where we talked about like magic meals and the sauces and like pantry ingredients that we buy that make back pocket dinners like actually delicious and satisfying. And I don't mind saying so. I think it's a really great episode. Yes, I love it. Okay. So I kind of already explained the concept, generally speaking. Would you want to add something to this? This is your vision. I know. I know. And I really kind of put you on the spot with it. And I feel fine about that. (laughs) Why I love Empties is like a thing in the beauty community. And I think this is probably really true for food influencers too. Like we get sent products. We buy things like for one-off recipes. There are things that we get excited about and we buy with our own money and we're like, oh yes, we're totally going to use these. And so we might like share products that we have received, but then you like don't hear anything else about it, at least in the food influencer space. But beauty influencers do this thing where they're like, I'm going to show you my empties. So they might do it like once a month or once a quarter and be like, these are the products that like I actually used up to the point of them being empty and me needing to replace them. Like, I don't think we should include things like canned beans where it's like, yeah, I probably go through canned beans once a week, but then there's other stuff that I buy and use less regularly or I buy because I think I like get because I'm excited about it and maybe don't use up. So I think we should do a little bit of both. Like, we should talk through some of the things we've purchased recently, like within the last year and whether we've used them up or not. We can do a sec- a session of like things we have used up recently and the ways that we use them. And then maybe we can talk about some of the things that we've each purchased and are like lingering in our pantry and how <laughs> we might use them up. I love it. I love it. Do you want to start? Sure. I'll go first. So you, you're not quite so on the spot. No one should be surprised that some of mine are sweet and baking related but apricot jam i bought for a recipe i can't even remember what it was now i think it was a dinner i just feed you recipe and i thought oh i'm buying like this 16 ounce jar of apricot jam i'm never going to use it up and then i flew through it so Apricot jam is one of those things you see it a lot in baking recipes as a glaze, especially for things like danishes, sweet croissants, sweet breads. You dilute it with a little bit of warm water and then you brush it on either like in the last little bit of baking or right after something comes out of the oven. And it makes it like shiny and gives it like a sweet, sticky texture on the outside. It's also really awesome for sweetening like dressings, sweetening yogurt. I have used it up the most recently making like a sweet and sour sauce. It can be the base with like a little bit of rice wine vinegar and some tamari or soy sauce and like some chili crunch or um, garlic chili paste. It's also really great like if you're grilling pork chops or pork tenderloin. I was going to say that's one of my favorite savory applications. It's just basting a pork loin with it. Yeah, and I I think I forgot about it. I bought the is I never know how to say the name, but you know they have the checkered bon bonum bon mar right? or something. It's we'll, we'll link, link to it. <laughs> but I just bought their classic like apricot jam and and we blew through it just like on those things i did a pork tenderloin on the grill i made sweet and sour chicken one night i put it on 
we ate it on biscuits also, honestly. I was going to say apricot's my favorite jam in general. Like when I go to the store, I'll either buy raspberry or apricot because I like it just on toast. I love that. I don't know why I don't think of it. We buy, I buy strawberry jam as a matter of course, because that's Ella's favorite. And she's the real jam eater in the house. That's so interesting. And can I just jump ahead? Like, can we go yeah. back and forth a little bit? Because one of the things on my list is that peach season is done and I'm very sad about it. Peaches and nectarines are my favorites. And American Spoon Foods, do you know that brand? I think you've mentioned it before. I love so that that's brand why I know so it. much. So their catalog came and I was flipping through it and I saw that they have like a limited time peach jam. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's. So I bought it and I've been using that up. I'm not quite done, but I would say nearly every other day between like toast or cooking with it. All the same ways that you can use apricot jam. It's just a little bit, it has a slightly different taste. It tastes a little like peachier. Apricot jam to me is a little bit more neutral sweet, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. And like sweet, sweet. Whereas like I think of peach jam, it has a little bit of lovely tartness to it. Exactly. So I'm so with you on this. I love it. Okay, that's I love a surprise where we're both like empties of our jams. Another baking ingredient, which is vanilla bean paste. I listen. Okay, I'm so excited to talk about this. I don't think I am like hard pressed to tell anyone that they should just buy vanilla extract anymore. I feel like everyone should buy vanilla bean paste, but it is like very expensive. It's like the Tata Harper of is that the name of that brand? I'm trying to be like a skincare influencer and I don't know any of them. (laughs) I was like, what is she talking about? It's like the Tata Harper of uh, baking ingredients because it is, it's very expensive compared to vanilla extract. And, but like, okay, vanilla bean paste is basically they soak the vanilla beans for you and then push all the pulp out and you get this lovely, thick, but pourable paste that is studded with the vanilla seed flex in it. Yep. So it feels like so incredibly luxurious. And yes, I'm like primarily using it for like cookies and quick breads and Rice Krispie treats. But the problem is that recently I've been putting it in my coffee. Yes, I did. This. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm so excited about this. I feel like that is like, it's like a dollar. I'm probably using that like a dollar of vanilla bean paste (laughs) every week just in coffee. But because I don't buy like the flavored syrups, which is a thing I know that you buy and because you've shared it like on a, didn't I just feed you real? I just feel like then I can have instant vanilla syrup in my iced coffee or my hot coffee by just like adding granulated sugar and a little bit of the vanilla bean paste. And it makes me feel fancy. Okay. I'm okay. So first of all, we also have an episode in our listener group, a recent one on small things we do to feel fancy that I want to give a shout out to because that's another great one in our community. I'm so glad again, there's synergy here. I actually don't buy flavored syrups as a matter of course. And I was going to bring them up as one of my things because I did buy vanilla. I did use it up. But then I had also bought when I bought the vanilla, I also bought a like, brown sugar cinnamon one. And I did not use that one up. And I was like, this is so silly. I don't really need flavored syrups. I did really enjoy the vanilla and I did use that one up. So what's another way that I can achieve the same thing? And I went into my 
pantry to get some vanilla extract. And I found vanilla bean paste that I bought and didn't use. So that was on my list for things that I don't use up. But I have been using it little by little in my coffee. So there's like a lot of synergy here, even though I'm giving mixed messages. Like (laughs) I've used stuff up that I don't think is worth buying, the syrups. And then I have been using the vanilla bean paste, but actually I'm using it kind of out of desperation because it's been sitting in there forever. It has a really long shelf life, so I don't think you should be stressed about it. And that this is the point of the episode, like that someone would listen and be like, oh, I have the vanilla bean paste, but I only want to use that for like special occasions. And I'm telling you like, no, just let's use it all the time. Also, if the syrup is more convenient for you, you could totally make like a thicker, simple syrup and add the vanilla bean paste to it or buy like artificial vanilla, which has, we talked about this with Jesse Sheehan. It has that terrini syrup vibe to it. It's like yeah. more that florally vanilla that we think of like artificial, that we think is like artificial and is, but like it'll give you that Starbucks vanilla vibe. So that's, that's what, what I've been doing. For. I either make or buy simple syrup. I almost always have simple syrup in my fridge. So I'll just use a little bit of simple syrup and a little bit of vanilla extract or recently vanilla bean paste to give my coffee a little bit of a vanilla flavor. But I don't use it. So can you just talk us through why vanilla bean paste is worth it given the cost? Because I hear you that we can use it in like, you don't have to save it for a special occasion, but then how is it different than vanilla extract that it's worth that extra money? That's a great, great question. I feel like it's very much this sweet spot, especially in regards to cost, between vanilla extract and buying whole vanilla beans and like really trying to make the most of them. Um, You'll see like a lot of professional bakers, they're like, oh, I make my own vanilla extract by taking whole vanilla beans, which are very expensive. Like they can be as much as $20 a bean depending on the quality and like which type of vanilla they're from. So they'll take like a, they'll, they'll buy like a hundred dollars worth of vanilla beans and cover them in bourbon or vodka and like let them soak. And then they're getting like vanilla extract, but then they have these very plump hydrated beans that they can cut open and spoon out the seeds of. So vanilla bean paste is actually like that this the sort of like squeezed out bulk that's been hydrated and so you're getting all the flavor of vanilla extract and all the aroma and the beautiful color and texture of like fresh vanilla beans without having to do the labor of like soaking them and scraping them and then having to decide what to do with the pods and for reference i feel like a a jar of like really nice vanilla extract is maybe $15. Yeah. And if you're buying, like I said, vanilla beans, you could spend up to $20 just on one bean, which you could maybe get like four uses out of depending on how fastidious you are about that. And vanilla bean paste, like the same size jar is like $25. So it's like really a deal for much better quality. And you're taking some of the labor of like making your own vanilla extract plumping your beans, cutting them open, cleaning them out. Okay. And can we just have like the three second, not professional baker version? Like is vanilla bean paste have a richer flavor? Yes. Great. Richer flavor, better aroma, and it's prettier. Awesome. 
I do actually get enjoyment out of how pretty it is. Those flecks. I, yeah. I yes. used to love Breyer's ice cream, vanilla ice cream over other brands just because of those flecks. Yes. <laughs> like a hundred percent. And I didn't mention it, but like, yo- like putting it in yogurt, if you like to yeah. buy like unsweetened Greek yogurt and, but your kids love like sweetened yogurt, you can use a little less sweetener, do a little vanilla bean paste. And they're like, oh, it's van-, and be like, oh, it's vanilla yogurt. And they like think that you're a wizard. I love it. I love it. So just because we're here, instead of like jumping all over the map, yeah. I'm going to say that simple syrup was also on my list. I referenced it. But it's kind of like what you're saying about vanilla bean paste. I feel like those flavored syrups, I use the vanilla all up, but I used it exclusively in my coffee. I Mm. feel like regular simple syrup is more flexible. So like I could still have vanilla sweetened coffee by using simple syrup plus some vanilla extract or vanilla bean paste. And then I could also use it for cocktails. And for other things where I didn't, I wanted sweetness, but not necessarily vanilla. So I, I make mine one-to-one. Some people make their simple syrup, one-to-one meaning like for every cup of sugar, you have one cup of water. Some people do rich, simple syrup. I know for cocktails, it's really popular where you do two cups of sugar for every cup of water and then get a thicker, richer, sweeter syrup that's more concentrated. Also bakers. Oh, bakers yes. use the rich simple yeah, syrup? Yeah, the rich simple syrup is like what you'll see is sometimes labeled if you buy it in the grocery store as like cake syrup. You use it for like hydrating the layers of a cake. Yep. If you're building layer cake, it's also great. If you over bake like a banana bread or something, you can brush it on top. So I just love having simple syrup around all the time. Yes. And, and you were saying you can buy it. You can. Yes. But it's really easy to make. And if you're like, oh, I am thinking about like, cocktails and coffee you could make like a big batch of simple syrup and then divide it into like two or three jars and do like one that's just straight up for whatever you might want it for one that's like vanilla and cinnamon for your coffee and one that's like citrusy like citrus and mint for cocktails if you wanted to so another reason to To make make it. it homemade okay what else okay i mentioned actually in the listeners group exclusive how much I love the soy ve teriyaki sauce. And I had a funny thing recently with a grocery delivery order where they must've been out of the regular soy ve. So they brought me like the soy ve pineapple version of their teriyaki sauce. And I was like- Were you excited or annoyed? No, I was so pissed. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm never going to use this up as much. And I found the opposite is true. Like there's something about the sweetness of it where I've actually taken it from like just doing like teriyaki chicken or like teriyaki flink steak to drizzling it over roasted vegetables because that like sweetness Mm -hmm. like counters. And so it's a a way that even if we're not having something teriyaki adjacent as like our main, if I roast vegetables, it's like it still works a little finisher. And maybe that's not a lot of like ideas of how to use it up. But even just that, like having one more flavor for like steamed or roasted veggies has been really helpful. That's awesome. And so that isn't empty on my counter right now. Okay, what about you? What sort of like savory sauces are you using up right now? Okay, so I'm going to do actually one more sweet thing. Okay. But it's a sweet thing that I didn't use. (laughs) 
I got caught up at one point. I get my black cocoa and my double Dutch process. Is that what it's called? Cocoa, which is a combination of Dutch processed and black cocoa from King Arthur flower. And so every time I run out, I go onto the site and I poke around to see what else is there. And I always get sucked into something. And the most recent thing I got sucked into were caramel chips because Oliver's favorite flavor is salted caramel. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to use these all the time. We're going to add them to snickerdoodles, to blondies, blah, blah, blah. We got them. He was so excited. I was so excited. And like, I don't think we've used them once. (laughs) Like at all? You haven't even tasted them. No, we tasted them. Okay. Like, we tasted them in our hands. And I think like a couple of times, like for dessert, like desperation dessert, you know, when there isn't really much dessert in the house and like he wanted something. Yeah. He like went rummaging. was like, oh, I'll just have a handful of these. Or like he put them in his yogurt or something. But totally haven't been used. I don't know. They just like aren't really inspiring us. Okay. It's not really the flavor. They're good, but it wasn't. He likes salted caramel. And he likes gooiness. Yes, it's a texture. Like, I bet we would have, yes, I bet we would have gone through more, like, just if I bought, like, craft caramels. Yes. And threw those in blondies. You know what I mean? Yeah, although they can melt out depending on how you use them. So, yeah, I've seen them, like, in the middle of yeah, cookies. Yeah, yes. People seem to like them. Do you need ideas for how to use them up? Or I mean, I just named the ones that we were excited to do, but I don't think... Yeah. What else would you do with them? I don't like the texture. The way they melt is kind of funny. They aren't quite, they're a little chalkier than a really yummy melty chocolate chip. Okay. Brian's family calls it trash, but you might know it as like peppy chow. There's lots of like variations on it. Brian's family's version is not the cocoa version, which is what I think of as peppy chow, but Brian's mom does butterscotch chips. And so when you set in like melts those with the peanut butter and then does like the powdered sugar coating on the Chex Mix. Okay. And when you said caramel chips, I was like, ooh, that would probably be good on trash. And then knowing that they're kind of chalky, it sounds like they need like some fat mixed in with them. Yeah. They totally do. Yes. So that's a great, and I bet that will use like Like a whole bag. bag. Yeah. Unless it's like, huge. That's... Is it like a standard No, it isn't chip huge. Bag? It'll probably use the whole bag. Yeah. We'll probably use the whole bag, but like one or two batches and we'll be good. So that's great. So that's my, those are my baking exploits. I think that I also found in my cupboard, because I just did a back to school clean out, yeah. bread and cake enhancer. Okay. I'm like, why did I buy this? Like, I don't even know You're what this trying is. trying to get free like, shipping at King Arthur. <laughs> I don't even... I don't even bake bread. I barely bake cakes. Like this was dumb, but I got real excited. So there you go. I think like, I think being real about your baking, this goes back to our episode with Jesse Sheehan, yes. right? Like, what are you really going to do? What are you really going to do? Like if you're really into it and it's soothing and it's a hobby and you're learning, our producer, Samantha Gatsik, has had such an incredible baking journey, yes. right? Where she's like, she loves doing it. And now she's doing it as like a A very serious hobby. Yeah. Yeah, Hobby that's turned into exactly a side hustle. Like that ain't me. We should link to her, her bake shop Instagram. Cause if you're in New York, you can get things from her occasionally. I did wonder, well, what now I'm like, oh, you should just give your bread and cake enhancer to Sam. But also (laughs) 
I haven't used that product like since probably culinary school, which is like 15 years ago. But I wonder mm-hmm. if you could, I'm asking this actually as a question, like just add it to your flour, like your whole big thing of flour or cake flour and like whisk it in. And then it's just like in there while you bake for the future. Great. I don't idea. know. What is it? What is it? What like? is it? I actually, what is an answer? Anyway, so that was the, that's our baking stuff. This isn't a pantry sauce. Well, it is. Okay. Let's talk about the brand. Momofuku has been releasing a whole bunch of products, slowly but surely. They have a chili crisp that I bought because I have chili, you know, chili crisp doesn't go super fast. Yeah. So I have a chili crisp at home in Brooklyn. And then over the summer, I bought the Momofuku brand because that's what I saw around so that we could have a chili crisp up at the country house. And the Momofuku one is so delicious that when I came back to Brooklyn and ate the one I have here, which is also delicious. I was like, I don't, I can't eat this. I need my Momofuku What chili do you crisp. think it is? Because I haven't like examined the labels, but I agree. We like f- flew through it, the one that I bought. And now we have like just a kind of basic grocery store chili crisp, like not even a brand I like know or recognize. And it's not the same. It is not the it same. It is not the same. And let me tell you that Chili crisp is something they use pretty sparingly, right? But this is kind of like I'm using it up. I ended up using it on my breakfast. I loved it so much. So I'll drizzle it over hard boiled eggs. Then one day I had a bowl of cottage cheese with fresh peaches, but it'd be just as good with thawed frozen peaches and chili crisp. And it was the Momofuku brand because I tried it at home and I was like, "Mm, this isn't hitting the same. It was so good. So I guess this goes to say that like when you find one that has a flavor that you really love and crave, you might find yourself using it like way more in unexpected ways, like on my sandwich, on like everything, just because it's so yummy to me. Yes. And this isn't really a condiment, but I also got the Momofuku noodles because I was so curious. They've been like everywhere on social media. I've shared about them. You did too? Yeah. I I know I've talked about it so much. Okay. They're delicious too. My kids love them. Okay. My kids hate them. Oh, my kids love them. The scallion and soy, they're so into. They're so good. They have like the best like chewy texture. And I love how, although I like, I think I've griped about how like, if you look at the flavor package ingredients, it's like soy sauce, rice wine vinegar, and sesame oil. I'm like, I have all these things, but there's something about like it being in a little packet and like you can just add it. It's so good. Yes. It's so good. Emmett complains they're too bouncy. So we reserve that like when we, if we do ramen night, they get sort of like the basic top ramen still. And we'll use the Momofuku for grownups. I love them. And the tingly chili is so good too. So good. And when Isaac was sick, we were doing, I was doing because he needs two packages of noodles as a portion. Yeah. But I would do two packages of noodles. I do find the soy and scallion a little bit salty. Mm -hmm. So two packages of noodles, one package of the soy sauce, both packages of the dehydrated scallions, and then butter. Yum. And like he ate that a ton when he was sick. It was like the perfect sicky food. Yes. Also move over homemade chicken soup. (laughs) I don't know if this is universal, but I have been able to reliably find the noodles, the scallion and soy at my target in their food section. 
So like if you want to try them and you don't want to pay for shipping, that's a hot tip. Before we get into the rest of this week's episode, let's take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. As we move into fall and winter cooking, we're stocking up on broth, the building block of our favorite soups, stews, and holiday dishes. While we love making homemade stock, that just isn't always possible. Which is why we asked Zoop to return as a sponsor. And y'all, they said yes. We couldn't be more excited to welcome them back. And the timing couldn't be more perfect for their super premium broths. Zoop makes it easy to add rich, homemade taste to all your cooking. Their flavor-forward broths include chicken, beef, veggie, and seafood, plus bone broths that you can sip. And now, Zoop also offers culinary concentrates, small batch broth concentrates, and heat and eat soups. I'm obsessed with the culinary concentrates. They have unbeatable flavor, great for making sauces and boosting casseroles, pasta, and rice dishes. One eight-ounce jar makes up to 10 quarts of restaurant-quality broth. I also love Zoop's soups. Each small batch-made soup starts with one of Zoop's homestyle broths, giving it a simmered-all-day flavor. It's a perfect quick meal, whether for dinner or a work-from-home lunch. Just like their broths, Zoop Culinary Concentrates and Heat and Eat Soups are free of preservatives, artificial ingredients, and gluten. And everything comes packaged in recyclable glass containers. To learn more about why we love Zoop so much and to browse recipes too, visit ZoopBroth.com or go to at ZoopGoodReallyGood on Facebook and Instagram. Zoop Good Really Good Broth, Culinary Concentrates, and Soups can be found at retailers nationwide, including Walmart, Sprouts, and Kroger, plus online at ZoopBroth.com. Or order from Amazon, and be sure to use our code to get 20% off your order through November 6th. It's 20 Feed Oct, short for October. That's 20-F-E-E-D-O-C-T. Y'all, by now you know that we're huge fans of KiwiCo. And actually, it's not just us. Our kids are big fans too. And Yummy Crate, the latest KiwiCo subscription line, has only made them even more excited to tear into their monthly KiwiCo delivery. Even better than the kids being excited, Yummy Crate has gotten my daughter so excited about cooking that she's looking forward to helping prep school lunches and even help make dinner on some nights. That's amazing. And you know what, Megan? We have proof of that too. This summer on Instagram, we shared the burgers that she made with one of her recent Yummy Crates. And I say that counts as full-on dinner help. Plus, they looked delicious. They were, and the whole process was simple too. Each month, Yummy Crate delivers high-quality kitchen tools, three recipes, and two projects that teach kitchen skills and get kids cooking. Before each crate arrives, you also get a shopping list that includes alternative ingredients to accommodate different diets from vegetarian to vegan. Done and done. KiwiGo is designed to foster a love of science and cooking in kids ages 6 to 14 with recipes and activities that explore hands-on experimentation. And there it is, all really happening in your very own kitchen. And it can happen in yours too. Feed your kids curiosity this fall with hands-on kitchen experiments with Yummy Crate from KiwiCo. It's easy with no commitment. You can pause or cancel anytime. And didn't I just feed you listeners get 50% off their first month plus free shipping with the code D-I-J-F-Y at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O dot com. Promo code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. 
while we're talking about foods from the Asian diaspora, so one of my favorite dishes, Chinese food dishes, is mapu tofu. And I was like, I get through these jacks where I'm like, I'm going to make that at home. And then I end up going on to Amazon and I buy dark soy sauce and sweet soy sauce and fermented black beans. And like I buy all the things and I do it once or twice. And then I still have all the things. Mm. So, you know, if you really love, I mean, there are certain things like dark soy sauce is the one that comes to mind. It's different than the regular soy sauce than the regular show you that you're going to get at the supermarket. It's a little bit thicker. It's a little bit sweeter. There are a couple of variations. And even like, you know, Kenji's wok cookbook will call for this ingredient that's pretty easy to find at an international market or through Amazon, but it does come in big bottles. And I, I just don't cook. I think it's a cooking style thing versus a taste thing. I just don't use it up enough. Yeah. And then it's like a year and a half later and I still have half a bottle and I'm like, "Uh, is this good anymore? Most of those things, especially because it's like for it's aged fermented anyways, before it's bottled, they do have a long shelf life. But I have to tell you, I have had that experience with the Omsum sauces. Like I bought them. Oh. And I've maybe I bought them like earlier in this year, this year. And I like have given a couple away. I've used like three or four, but because I bought a starter pack, I still have like a large number of them in my pantry. And I think it's because so interesting. I'm just like trained in my brain. Like, oh, I'm making something. I'm going to pull out like the garlic chili paste and the tamari and like some lime juice and just throw together a sauce rather than like having those flavors in like a prepackaged sauce. That's so interesting because I use up all my omsum stuff. Yes. But I use it as a shortcut because I'm like, it's a way to avoid buying the dark soy sauce and the lemongrass and the thing and all the things that I'm not going to use up. Yeah. You know, it it, to me, the omsum flavors deliver bigger than any sauce I can throw together with just chili crisp, soy sauce, ginger, garlic. Yeah. I think this is so... If this is like so interesting and like why I'm so glad we did this episode is because we talk a lot about helping people to be the cook that they are like not not saying like ev- all the advice anything we share like none of it's truly prescriptive because we don't know what your cooking style is like what your budget is like etc totally. and like I think this is just a, a great picture of like you're like I buy the omsum because I like don't want to think about the sauce And I'm like, I want to buy the dark soy sauce and like figure out all the ways to use it up instead because I don't use the shortcut that that particular shortcut as much. And I think it's just like cooking style. Yeah. And that's also like the baking stuff. Like I should not buy ambitious baking stuff unless I'm like, (laughs) this is a discrete project that I'm going to do right now. Yeah. Like I'm going to do it either for work or for myself and I know and then I'll buy it. Like I'm not that kind of baker. Like I not I do not need bread enhancer. That's insane. What was I thinking? Can I t- can I like throw at you one of the things I bought recently and haven't been able to use up and I yes. feel like maybe you will be able to help me. I bought like fermented garlic paste or black garlic paste. It's not a very large container of it, but I can't I haven't figured out like how I'm using that up. Yeah, I'm stuck too. I don't think I'd buy that because I'd be afraid. Have you tried using it just like on 
garlic bread? I haven't because it's like so black. I mean, I would enjoy that. I'm fearful my kids would be like, WTF. Halloween. I Halloween. did add up. it to guacamole recently, and that was really good. But then I felt... Did it change the color? Not like when we were eating it, but the leftovers got dark really fast. Because mm-hmm. you all, it's very flavorful. You only need a little bit of it. But like maybe I should be putting it in marinades and like on noodles and stuff more. I feel like marinades, it's going to, it might get lost. Yeah. And then it's like wasted. I love the idea of noodles and I feel like soup and stew season. Mm-hmm. Like to me, thinking about it as layering that garlic flavor where you use some like fresh garlic and onion, you know, as your like base for your soups and your stews, but then maybe finish with it. I would do that. Yeah. And then how about like, okay, this is such a weird thought. And I love it. You know, I'm down for it. Like basting it onto like grilled meats. I'm thinking about like Middle Eastern meats. Mm. Like the, like I recently talked in a, what we're cooking and eating now about like zucchini turkey burgers. And there, it has tons of stuff in there. It's like all different herbs. They're very flavorful, but like kofta or like lamb, like adding it to your basting yeah. of grilled meats. I bet it'd be really delicious. That's super smart. I'm also now like, ooh, could you put it, like melt it with a little butter and have it on popcorn? Even if the kids oh, wouldn't be into I that. I love that. Garlic Parmesan popcorn. Yeah. I have a bunch of um, checks that I bought to make snack mix because we just have like a little, a lot of bits and bobs, like pre- open pretzels and Cheez-Its and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I need to figure out a way to use those all up. And I wonder if I could like in the butter and like seasoned salt stuff that you put over the snack mix, add some of the garlic paste because then it won't get super cooked off because you cook that stuff at like a low temperature. What about a garlic soup? Mm, say more. Like that's a traditional thing. I feel like I've had garlic soup. Is it Spanish? I don't know. I feel like I've had it before. But if you look up garlic soup, you'll find okay. something. Okay. But like a very garlic forward soup. And then also... Greeks and Middle Easterns, we have something called uh, scordalia. I can never say that quite right, even though it's a Greek word. And then there's also tomb, mm. which is a more Middle Eastern style, but making like a, a garlic dip. But tomb is like, you, it's like just garlic and water and like it salt is. and maybe a little oil. And you, like, you just like whip the out of it to get yeah. it to. And it emulsifies yeah. like, it's so great. But then it's white. It is white. Yeah. But who cares? Again, like. Doesn't that matter. Could be, and yeah. yeah, and the Greek version, we use boiled potatoes and plain garlic. Mm. So it's also really white. But also for Halloween. <laughs> you're like, maybe, I feel like maybe you need to make all your toast. Halloween food. Gar- fermented like, garlic flavor. A dirt dip. <laughs> I feel like a garlic dip would be good. Or like a garlic oh, yeah. spread for sandwiches. Bean dip and probably even hummus. Like the color wouldn't be like too obvious, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the kind of thing where you have to embrace the color. I think so. Or otherwise you're using it in tiny, tiny amounts. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that it kind of disappears. Okay. Thank you for talking me through that. What else is on your list? I want to talk about miso paste for a second. Okay. Because I buy multiple kinds of miso paste and I do eventually use it up, but I'll have like jags where I'm using miso paste all the time. Like on my eggplant, on my vegetables, to make a salad dressing, to make soup. And then I'll kind of forget about it because it's in the back of my fridge. But one thing I like about miso paste is that literally with confidence, you can leave it back there for a very long time. Do you use up miso paste? 
Like, is it always in your fridge? I always have miso paste in my fridge, usually two kinds, like a lighter miso paste and a darker miso paste. This question actually came up in the listeners group recently. Someone was like, I don't like, what do I buy? So I use it a lot. Like instead of omsum, like I make a sauce with miso and like whatever else. It's really good mixed with like the apricot jam and put on fish. I but like I don't feel this pressure to use it up like you like it's something I always have and I never sweat if I haven't like used up very much of it it seems like it doesn't take up a lot of room it seems easy to just have it in there totally so I do want to encourage people to get it because I think that it's really great and that you know we've talked about things that are great that we don't use up and we're talking about embracing your cooking style but miso paste really will last for years yes <laughs> so just you can buy it and just kind of experiment start with one kind i would start with light if you're going to only buy one kind i agree so i need to share two things one is that our former guest eric kim in his you know he writes for new york times food section he like in september shared this really beautiful story and recipe for like miso soup which sounds like very essential but i think it's moving away from the americanized version which we did on good eats years ago where it's like you you have to do xyz and like you have to cube the tofu and the photo i saw of it made me really want to make it because i think it's silken tofu in there and it's like this beautiful steak of tofu in this beautiful looking broth. So like, even if you only make miso soup for it, especially going into like cold and flu season into winter, like that's such an easy thing to whip together for yourself for lunch or for your kids for dinner. And like, I kind of forget about it in the summer and now I'm like ready to start making it again. Yes. The other thing I was going to share is when my brother was here housing for us this summer, he made miso soup for him and his girlfriend and watching him make it where he's like literally never made miso soup he didn't look up a recipe it was like the most challenging thing of all time (laughs) did he do a good job no he did i a mediocre job i'll say i think that's pretty amazing to be able to do a mediocre job when you've never done anything (laughs) like that like that's pretty good to jump in and do yeah like when i've never done things like I suck at first. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like, even that he just jumped in, he didn't think about it. But I think the thing that maybe made it less than great was that he leaned really hard into the dark miso. And I was like, oh, (laughs) to be like a little bit balanced. (laughs) So I like that you were like, you should start with light, like start with light. I definitely think people should start with easy and mellow and like not quite as pungent as dark or red miso. Speaking of beginner cooks, Oliver recently was at the supermarket with me. Must have still been over the summer, and he saw mayo chup, and I was like, "I don't need to buy mayo chup like that." Yes, like we can make that. We have the technology, like for real. And he was <laughs> like, "No, I must have mayo chup," and I was like, "Fine, buy the mayo chup." We went through that mayo chup like you did. <laughs> I thought we were. Tr- I was like getting ready to brainstorm ideas for you, but. Um, no. Okay, so how do you use it? I mean, just all the ways you would use it. For for fries, burgers. Fries, burgers. They used it on hot dogs. which, But like, it just tots. It just got used. And I realized, you know, there's certain convenience products that you can't explain. They're stupid. Like, I used to look at 
packages of those vacuum sealed packages of rice or pasta and think we've gone too far, you guys. Like this is, this is so dumb. Who can't boil a pot of water and cook pasta? But then I found a use for it with my teenagers and it's really convenient. Yeah. Cause they really won't boil a pot of water and cook the pasta. And that like that small portion of pasta that they can just microwave is really convenient. You have found the same thing with Ella and the mac and cheese from the microwave and she likes it. So fine. It was just one of those. It's funny when you find convenience products that are kind of dumb, but then just work for your life. Like everybody reached for the mayo chip because they want ketchup and mayo, but they are too lazy to mix ketchup and mayo. (laughs) So mayo chip it is. Oh my gosh. I was pretty amazed. I love it so much. And I'm like very hopeful that everyone like in our community will hop in and we can start a thread of like, what are the things like, that's how I feel about apricot jam. I'm like, ugh, do I really need to buy this for like the tablespoon I need for this glaze for this recipe? And then I remembered how wonderful it is to have on hand and like use it up really quickly. So, so let's take it. Go ahead. No, you You take it. No, you go. Okay, (laughs) we're going to take it. I'm going to take it to the Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community. You guys, we hope that you've joined us there. If not, remember, there's a whole free section. We want you there. It's great conversation. Didn't I just feed you.com backslash community. And then, of course, if you want those bonus episodes or other goodies, access to our recipe archive, you can always join our supporting community as well. The info is all on that same page. Also, I'm going to add reviews like on any of the the hosting sites, like Apple Podcast, wherever, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. They've kind of dropped off since summer. I know y'all are busy, but we need them. They keep us going. <laughs> so drop us a rating or review. Follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You and keep in touch by signing up for our newsletter. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next time. Be sure to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you're listening. And don't forget to rate and review.